Hey, I'm Ron Johnson, and on today's Ron Johnson Show, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson. Is this suspension enough? Should it have been more? Or, from the comments from the judge, should he have gotten no games? That's coming up on the Ron Johnson Show next. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm Ron Johnson. That's my uh, co-host, producer, Sam Ekstrom. We got Hello. Matt back in the booth making it work for us. And on today's show, Sam, we kind of talked about it. It came out this morning. Everybody, I was so sick of the teases, like, oh, Next week, we're going to have a decision. Oh, okay. And then, like, last night, all, everybody leaked it. So, clearly, she had made her decision last night. Uh, but they wanted to inform all the victims first. Uh, I, I think that was very classy. Um, I think that the, the way that they did it, 30-some-odd um, victims were in this. And, and the reason we're saying victims and not women, it wasn't all women, people. So, let, let's get that straight. So, that's where the judge kind of landed her decision as well. If you read through uh, the mud and you kind of read into her text, you'll get an idea. I'm going to tell you what I think. We'll see what Sam thinks. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net is still the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at your number one source for odds, lines, and games. You've got reviews and news of every league, and that includes combat sports, esports, and golf. You've got live in-game betting information, podcasts. All the leagues are covered at BetOnline.net. So head there today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. BetOnline where the game starts. Well, Sam, as we jump into this, this morning, Judge Sue Robinson, former judge, she was the arbitrator in this, and she heard all sides. She heard all the defendants. She heard all the, 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 the those in his favor, the witnesses, the key witness, the character witnesses, coaches, teammates, NFL execs lawyers and then deshaun watson himself and i have to say my hats off to everybody involved because it didn't get messy it didn't get crazy uh there was no like ridiculous like comments made but this is what i'll say to that the fact that there wasn't more like mud thrown on deshaun watson's name there wasn't more junk two things happened one either these settlements were so high and the Browns, or sorry, the, the uh, Texans actually had to pay out to the, all 30 victims. These payouts were so high that these women felt, and men, felt that, you know what, this is enough. I'm good to go. Um, what happened wasn't violent. Because the judge did say he was a non-violent, uh, these were non-violent sexual acts. So whether peeping Tom, uh, flashing yourself, uh, lewd comments and dms think about how many dudes would get suspended from their job if their dms were actually looked at by their organization when you look at all the things in this case and deshaun watson continue i i, I think words are very key and when you're very well coached we know he's a coachable player the words where i never uh did anything against anybody's will and i never physically harmed anybody he kept saying that over and over and over again well, there's some truth to that because the judge said the same or arbitrator, former judge said the same thing. 
these were nonviolent sexual acts. So whether it was a DM, whether, like they said, the towel coming off during the massage, um, a, a question being asked at the end or during a massage. Um, as a, as a perform, former college professional athlete as well, I know I've had, and even as an adult, I've had massages um, from men and women. I, I do know um, I've been asked, are you comfortable you know, taking your clothes off or do you want to leave your underwear on? Honestly, I was always a nine times out of 10, I'm keeping my underwear on. Uh, whether it was a jock strap or uh, uh, something tight, uh, but you have to you know, leave that area that they're trying to get to, whether it's your groin or whatever it is. That's why honestly a jock strap was the best uh, type of thing you can wear. Uh, in that instance, because it, it does expose everything you need, massage, groin, whatever it is, um, hamstrings, quads, without having to move stuff around and feel, you know, feel like something's too tight. Um, but the, the times that I, I was naked, it, 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 it's you mentally are just like, oh, man, please don't let this be weird. Like, don't let this, you know, because there's a lot of moving and touching and readjusting and but you have to mentally turn your mind off. Well, allegedly Deshaun Watson must have struggled with that because comments were made, things were done, people felt uncomfortable. Um, at the time in which this came out, originally everybody assumed the Texans were at fault um, and they were doing this because Deshaun Watson wanted out. If they did, it's the dumbest move ever because they ended up having to pay for this because they already knew about this. So clearly they knew some of this stuff whether it was players talking about it, guys making jokes, uh, whatever happened. Hey, I just had a massage. So-and-so did this for me because players talk. You look at Marshall Falk and Warren Sapp and those guys um, and their issues when they, when they left their affiliates they were with, um, people talk. And that's the problem. People talk, and so guys end up knowing. At the end of the day, it's settled. Deshaun Watson got six games. Is that enough? As I bring Sam in. Sam, it's six games for everything we've heard. Do you think that's enough? And I'll say, I, I, I guess so. Um, some people are saying Calvin really got a year, but that was the integrity of the game. Getting a massage outside the facility, having nothing to do with the team, that, that, that doesn't do anything to the game. It's like he's not trying to mess with the game of football, just like Pete Rose embedding and then you look at these, uh, the steroid guys. and all the, And then you talk about players that just, you know, whatever got a DUI, mispracticed, did something like that. Like, and again, drunk driving is not anything to joke about, but um, they're, they're not messing with the game itself and trying to change what's happening on the field. So Sam, I think six games, I, I guess it's enough. I mean, honestly, I, I'm in a weird, it's a weird position when you hear the comments. I mean, I just don't know. And, and the NFL still can appeal. I just saw that because this was an arbitrator. Uh, so the NFL can appeal her decision uh, if they feel like, you know what, he should only get two games or three games or if his lawyer appeals it or Deshaun appeals it himself and the NFL decides to say, sure, come meet with the commissioner, blah, blah, we have all the evidence. I'd say I guess six games is enough. What do you think? Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson is probably feeling pretty decent about this. I mean, I, I know that they believe that of his innocence, so they might appeal. They might try to get it lower, but I think that to get six, which is sort of the stock number, for NFL suspensions of this type. Um, mm -hmm. I think that he's fortunate that it's not a year, that it's not it's right. not two years, that, that they didn't Correct. try to throw the book 
at Deshaun Watson to make a point because of the nature of these allegations, because there were so many allegations. And mm-hmm. I, I feel uncomfortable, I mean, just in general, with how the NFL handles punishment, and, and here's why. I don't know if it's necessarily their fault that their season is so short. So, like, in baseball, for instance, if it was the same type of process, there's a, a greater range, right? You could suspend someone for 100 games, 90, 80, 70. There's sort of, like, a lot of games to throw at them. In the NFL, the season is so short, they kind of landed on four or six um, and that encompasses a lot of different either crimes or allegations or missteps. So for Watson to be lumped sort of in the group as, you know, a lot of people that have made one-time mistakes versus Watson, who seems to have made dozens of them, you know, with, with these massage therapists, it, it's hard. It's hard to know, like, okay, he, maybe he deserves more, but how much more? Because there's only 16 games mm-hmm. in the season. So that's where the scale just bothers me a little bit. I don't know how to, and I don't know how to feel about Watson once he serves it. Has he done his time then? Like, is are, are we all good? Is the slate clean? I don't know. There, there's probably people that are still pretty upset about what happened to them. So I, I, I think there was kind of a lose-lose. There wasn't really a good way to go about this. Um, and six is, after all we heard, that it might be the most serious suspension ever given out, I think six uh, should make Watson pretty relieved. Yeah, and so to put it in numbers perspective for other sports, like Sam brought up, the NFL is a short 18 or 17 week season or 17 game season, 18 weeks. Deshaun Watson basically got a third of the season taken away from him. So if this were baseball, he would have gotten 54 games. If this were basketball, he would have gotten 27 to 28 games. So I understand where the NFL is coming. They did take a third of the season away. That is a lot. That's a lot to be taken away. Um, I think the substance abuse of uh, DeAndre Hopkins for PEDs, uh, his was uh, six games as well. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's their number in this instance. The one thing I'll say about Deshaun Watson, um, he never wavered in the fact that he never said he didn't do anything. He just said, I've never forced anybody to do anything. And so whether... Because, uh, again, if, if somebody turns you down and then you kind of keep asking or you keep pushing at it, um, you know, some people say no is no and just take the no and, and move on. Um, so who knows how he goes about his business uh, when he kind of, you know, whatever, exposes himself uh, to see what the reaction is going to be. The male masseuses, the male massage therapist said the same thing. So clearly... <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just something he does and some people take it that way and then he just kind of goes with it Uh, because the males said, yeah, like, you know, you have to do that to readjust the towel and blah, blah. And I've never felt uncomfortable, but maybe because Deshaun Watts is not attracted to that. He doesn't, you know, do anything extra. He doesn't, you know, look at him or make a comment or whatever it might be. But again, nonviolent, definitely questionable, definitely something to keep an eye on. But nonviolent. So I guess, you know, we have to look at that. Uh, again, getting these DM'd IG messages. and But that's today's kid. Like, for us, we grew up, and I still do this. You call the massage person. You, you know, you look at their website. You try to figure out, you know, a time. You, you schedule it at the facility. Um, but it is what it is. He got six games. Now it's time for everybody to move on. Uh, he's going to have a rough season because everywhere he goes people are going to just bring this up i remember with the baltimore ravens uh i got there right after ray lewis's 
uh, not guilty stuff. And we went to play in Atlanta, and there were a lot of fans wearing orange jumpsuits with Ray Lewis's number on it. Uh, they had jail bars up, you know, talking about forget the defense. You should be behind bars. Like one group had the defense, the D and then the fence. And you've seen that at games. And then another group had a bunch of dudes with the jail bars and they wore orange jumpsuits or some were the pinstripe old school, uh, you know, prison gear. And we dealt with that for about a season. The next year, nobody bought it up anymore. We weren't going to stadiums anymore where people were bringing up Ray Lewis because something else had happened. I don't remember what happened, but we moved on. Um, so, yeah, Deshaun Watson is going to probably have to deal with this for the year. Twitter's going to roast him and kill him. Uh, fans are going to kill him. Uh, and then they're going to move on. I do see that he still has those young fans. He just signed uh, some shoes for a kid. He played paper, scissors, rock with a kid. Um, the young fans still are out there. He still, you know, he he did apologize for, you know, if if anything came out wrong or whatever. So I think he's saying all the right things. Who knows what he said and done for these people behind the scenes as well. But now it's time to move on. And as we move on, more controversy. The NFL, Sam, has to be one of the most controversial sports. And I don't know if it's wrong. like you said, because it is a short season. You know, it's it's a short season. So maybe uh we see it all under a microscope and players can't draw like basketball i feel like you can draw it out a little bit longer hockey i don't even know because i feel like they just ended and they're about to start again like i saw audrey martin tweet that day. oh hockey training camp's coming like what we just finished why are we doing hockey again like what is like do these dudes get any time off but i mean i guess if ice baths help you recover maybe being on the ice is a potential way to recover nonstop like there that's, you go that's weird like I, I feel like they should have a longer offseason it's like we don't need hockey back right now let these dudes get an offseason and skate how much time do they need in the offseason to skate and then get ready for a season like i i don't get it you're just skating and shooting a puck do that on your own you don't need to come together right now but anyway when you look at kyla murray and taking all the stuff off Instagram. You look at Russell Wilson and not being happy with Seattle. You look at A.J. Brown. Uh, you look at Marquise Brown. Uh, you look at all these guys forcing their way either out of Stephon Diggs. I mean, when players start removing pictures, and, you know, that's the new thing. What, what a lot of people who weren't athletes were doing, they were doing this on their Instagram. I saw some Joe Blows, you know, 1,000 followers. They're taking down their entire social media and then having one picture up or nine pictures up, you know, because these athletes were doing it. Not realizing these athletes were doing it because they're like cleansing their timeline, as they call it. So they would take all the stuff down, take the, you know, they don't, they would have their team on their bio. They would take that off their bio. And then all the media hounds would just, it's like blood in the water. And when you look at Debo Samuel, he went to a football camp. And this is what really pisses me off about Debo Samuel here. You weren't really against playing for the 49ers. You just thought you wanted a trade, and then you wanted money. So whether it's it, – it could have been Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe that was part of the problem. And all of a sudden, now that they're willing to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe you're like, okay, I'm going to come back because you like Trey Lance. I don't know what it is. But the fact that you wouldn't sign a kid's football because it said 49ers, I hope you find that kid because this is the era of like, I can just tweet because I'm a pro, I'm famous, I got millions of followers uh, on all my platforms, I got agents, I got lawyers. 
we can find that kid via social media somehow, some way. He was a camp in, you know, he, 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 he enrolled in your camp. So his info was in your system. Find that kid and apologize and send him a ball and some, a Jersey and so, a video. Hey man, my bad. I was not who I am. Uh, I was just in a weird headspace and I didn't want to sign anything 49ers. Although your camp t-shirts were red and white. You could have gone with like a, a South Carolina crimson or maroon. No, you went with 49ers red and white camp tees. But yet, I don't want anything to do with the 49ers. But you already bought the t-shirts though, right? Like they already ordered the tees. We can't reorder tees, Debo, and, and get them in blue or orange or black. We got to go with these red and white 49er looking tees for your camp. Kids have 49ers footballs and you don't want to sign them. Like, and then because there's enough money out there, 58.1 million, three-year contract extension, oh, I can be a 49er. So as I bring Sam Ekstrom back in, Sam, <laughs> we've seen this with Stephon Diggs. We've seen this with all these receivers, even Kyler Murray, quarterback, QB1 did it. We've never seen this with Kirk because Kirk hasn't done that. He's just gotten the money he's wanted. He doesn't really do social media anyway. What is Justin Jefferson? Like, like where are we going to go with this? Because you can't afford Thielen's contract. You can't afford some of these defensive contracts that were signed by the previous regime. Mm -hmm. 58. So let me do that math real quick. 58.1 million dollars divided over. And that's the guarantee. That's, that's the guarantee. guarantee. 73.5. 73.5 is the, the number non-guaranteed that he could make. Over the three even years. more. Yeah. So over three years. So 24.5 million. So if we know Justin Jefferson, and this is the thing, Debo Samuel is a running back receiver. If Justin Jefferson is worth 25 million, you times that by seven years, that's 70, 175 million. I mean, if you want to lock him down, he's young. If you want to lock him down, I mean, I don't think he would sign that type of deal because who knows who his quarterback would be. So let's just say he wants a five-year deal. It's $125 million. $25 million a year, $125 million. That's what Justin Jefferson, based off Debo Samuel, based off DK Metcalf, that's what Justin Jefferson should get. I don't know if Justin Jefferson would go here and do all that stuff, take off social media stuff, take off the purple and gold. I mean, he's LSU, so he doesn't have to. It's already embedded in his everything. But, Sam, what, where are we going with Justin Jefferson in this with, with all these receivers doing this now? Yeah, I, I think the hope has to be that Justin Jefferson likes it here. I mean, Kevin O'Connell <laughs> needs to kiss his feet. He needs to say hello to him. He needs to smile. He needs to cater to him in this offense because we're at the point now the precedent has been set. After three years with a team, if you are a star, that's when you get the money now. You don't wait till after the fourth year, you know, before that fifth-year option. No, you get it after year three. Precedent has been set. Uh, I think the dollar amount is very clearly set. You look at McLaurin. You know, 22.7, Samuel, 24.5, Metcalf, 24, Diggs, 24, Brown, 25. So that's the number. I mean, 25 is the starting point for Jefferson. And if he has a big year, he's probably going to want to inch that up closer to 30. Um, so you, and you have to give it to him. 
you really have no choice but to give it to him. You what you don't want is the the tantrum that you're alluding to with Samuel. And I have seen nothing that would suggest Justin Jefferson would do that, that he would try to strong arm his way out of the organization, that he would do you know petty things on social media. But you better make him happy. You know, you better cater to him, see what he wants, and don't try to play hardball too much with this guy. Don't try to tell him to wait on contract negotiations. Talk to him when he wants to be talked to. And you're probably going to have to, you know, maybe set the wide receiver market with this guy if he has a big year. Tough. That's the, that's the cost of having good players of his caliber. Um, you have to do it. So I think this is just a year about making sure that he is comfortable with this new regime going into a critical contract negotiation. Yeah, because when you look at Adam Thielen, he just restructured his deal. He's getting, what, 13 point something, and then he has another 18 million, uh, the, and then he has a $9 million guarantee. So it looks like it's a uh, $4 million base, $4 million signing for 2022. Uh, so right around $9 million guaranteed. Uh, when you look at the next year, though, eight, oh, no, sorry, $11 million. And then $4 million again. So he spread his signing bonus out over a couple years. So if you're saying Adam Thielen is worth right around $16, 17000000 million, 25 is the number. And that's where it gets dicey. You can't afford to have a $15, 16000000 million receiver and a $25 million receiver. And maybe that's just... The Vikings trying to prolong this thing. Adam Thielen, nine years in the league, going on year 10. Um, you know, he knows years 11, 12, and 13. He can't ask for 15, 16 million uh, unless he's just ridiculously killing it. And he's like, look, I, I still got Larry Fitzgerald in my body. Like, I still can do this. Um, another topic coming up at some point we're going to have to talk about is longevity. Is Adam Thielen a Hall of Famer? Um, he's never gotten a ring. So I think that's always going to like loom because we talk about Wes Welker. You talk about uh, all the Tom Brady's receivers that play for a decent amount of time. That comes up a lot. These guys have a lot of rings. Are they Hall of Famers? Uh, but that's a totally different subject. But yeah, if you look at the money, Justin Jefferson, 25. I think that's it. But then what does that guarantee look like? Like, is he going to ask for a guarantee once? Like, is this going to be one of the – because does any of the receivers, Sam, have a fully guaranteed, like, $150 million contract? Is anybody fully guaranteed? I want to say yes. Um, I'm trying to find that. I thought we had a fully guaranteed deal this year that was fairly groundbreaking, but I can't find it um, because that's the new trend, right? The quarterbacks have started doing it, and we know, I know yeah, wide the receivers. are doing it, yep. Yeah, like that's the standard now for for quarterbacks. I gotta look this up, Ron. I thought for sure we had a fully guarantee, but now I can't find so it. So Tyreek Hills is uh one twenty. The guaranteed is yeah. So they're calling it practical guaranteed. Um, there is not one right now from this list unless it's off because you got uh, what's his name um, Devonte Adams. Uh, let's see who was up here. Cooper Cup. His is only 75. I mean, his is, I guess his is basically because his contract was 80 million and 75 of that is guaranteed. So Cooper Cup is kind of there, but that's definitely a team friendly deal. You got Tyreek Hill at 120, 72 guaranteed. You got Stefan Diggs at 96, 70 is guaranteed. 
You got Devontae Adams at 140. 65 is a practical guarantee. Michael Thomas at 96. 60 is guaranteed. Uh, and then DeAndre Hopkins at 54 and 60. How in the heck did that happen? Oh, value is 54 million. Uh, so DeAndre Hopkins technically, but his is only 60 million guaranteed. Um, so yeah, so and that was a while ago when he signed that because he's a un, he's a uh, free agent in 2025. His was from 2020 to 2024. Uh, DK Metcalf, uh, 58.2 guaranteed, 72 million dollar contract, and Debo Samuel's 71.5 million, 58.1. And how much of that Debo Samuel? versus uh dk metcalf that's the one too where i'm like i bet i bet dk was like you better not get more than me guaranteed and their team too was like hey you're not better than dk so we can give you 58.1 because debo or dk got 58.2 and debo got 58.1 guaranteed so hey what, what was that billy madison or or, or happy gilmore somebody's first closer than you like, that, that's what i feel like dk is texting debo right now like yeah and then debo's probably like texting him like objects in your mirror seem closer than they appear like he's, he's like i'm right up on you like you better you better hope my bonuses don't kick in because between seattle and 49ers if i had to guess who's gonna probably hit their bonuses i gotta go with debo because Drew Locke does not seem like a guy that's going to get it done. We do know there's still time to get Gardner Minshew. Uh, there's a couple quarterbacks out there. I mean, there's still the, the Garoppolo trade. They said New York. Uh, I could see Seattle maybe just pulling the trigger saying, look, hey, we, we got to get a QB in here. And Garoppolo's gone. Like, he's taking his team to the playoffs. I mean, he's done it. And he, and he had weapons. That offense was great. But he's taking the team to the playoffs. But, hey, it's time of the show that I love the most now. It's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Sam Ekstrom's going to run the show, and I'm going to go, go, go. Take it away, Sam. Little bit of a kerfuffle at TCO Performance Center over the weekend, and here's what happened, Ron. The Minnesota Vikings are restricting video from paying fans in the stands because of their concern that video will leak that other NFL teams will get that video. And in turn, they're also restricting reporters' ability to take video during these open-to-the-public practices. So, Ron, is this paranoia on the Vikings' part, or is this a smart strategy? Both. It's definitely paranoia, um, but I get it. And this is this is what I'll say. I don't know if other teams have already just set this precedent um, you don't see a lot of teams getting stuff posted unless it's their team um, of like full on plays, meaning the eye in the sky. So high up. So if you look at the KJ Osborne post corner touchdown, if I'm a defensive coordinator, not to say like I'm going to steal it, but I'm going to steal it. If I'm an offensive coordinator, if I'm the Rams, I'm like, hey, wait, that's our play. Like that's literally our Super Bowl play. And then we had the compliment of the, the – there's another piece of that that I, I can't wait to see where that same route, K.J. runs the corner back to the post. Why? Because there's no safety help. They were in cover two. That safety is carrying him because he's on his half of the field. And we've seen Kyle Hamilton with the uh, Ravens cover. And thank God we got Lewis Seen. Um, and that whole Lewis Seen versus, you know, Ed Reed versus Roy Williams versus Kyle Hamilton argument. Lewis Seen – 
the best part is he hasn't ended up on somebody's video looking bad like that because Kyle Hamilton looked horrible, but the safety carries the half. You run that corner, that safety's going to sell out to that corner. Boom, you hit him back with a post. We saw that in the Super Bowl with the Rams, and I forgot, I think it was Skronok or Skronok or however you say his name, Skronik? Skronik? Mm -hmm. He yes. dropped it. Wide open. That was the play they've been working on all week. Takes a little bit long to develop. But K.J. Osborne, you can see that play. You saw Adam Thielen with the whip route from the left side of it. He goes out, boom, back across in the middle, hoping the corner jumps the out route. And then you have the post corner or the corner over the top because you have the corner and you have a guy coming in. So now you're pulling that. If there's a DB that's supposed to help on the corner, you got the underneath. If the DB carries underneath and that safety now has to carry him by itself and the trailing defenders there, which we saw, you're beat. You're roasting barbecue chicken. So I get it. And then on the backside, you can see the, the curl kind of dig. So you really do see the play. And you, uh, you can kind of say, hey, when they line up like this in a, neck, in a nasty split where there's two receivers tight, that's a nasty, this is how we're going to carry this. You know, or, hey, if he's one, you're not, you're one yard inside the number and the slot guy's here, this is how we're going to carry this. So I do understand that. So it, it is, you do, you, you want to say, hey, I don't care about highlights, but wait. Like, just post the end of the play. Don't show them the full formation. Don't show them the motion and all the other stuff. If you want to show Adam Thielen making a big catch in the back of the end zone, great. Because, like, all the Rashad Bateman stuff, we're really only seeing, like, the end of the play type deal. And it's not, like, a great, ridiculous, like, stuff going on. So, I get it. it but it's a little bit of paranoia. I will say that I saw plenty of fans not abiding by the policy they were posting. So, if you want to get practice video... Find the fans who are tweeting it out. The reporters can't. We can't. We lose our credential. Find the fans that are doing right. it if you want to get that, that inside access. Uh, okay. Ron, the MLB trade deadline is tomorrow. Here's where the Twins are at. They're one game up in the division, but they are struggling. Injury bug mm -hmm. hitting them again. Alex Kirloff is out now. They're one game up on the Guardians. They've got 61 games left in the season. What are they going to do? Is it going to be one trade for a pitcher, couple trades for a pitcher, one huge trade for a big hitter? What, what's going to happen here at this trade deadline tomorrow? So this is what I, I'm, I'm trying to look at. I had a list. But you look at, like, the Yankees, and that's, that's where you want to go. So if you're trying to look at pitchers, who they could get, if they can get aggressive, it says the teams that need it the most would be the Twins and the trade deadline it said there's other people in the division that want them. You look at the Twins, the Guardians, and the White Sox are going to be the most aggressive teams in this market. And you just said, like, where they're at in this race. They have a two-game series coming up. They still have to play those teams as well. But who can they go get? Um, people are saying Noah Syndergaard. I like that name just because he's a big name. Like, I love that name. Now, are the Twins going to get splashy and go get Noah Syndergaard? If the Twins do that, I'm going to the games. Like, I've only been to, like, one. I know Gray Duck has invited me out, uh, but and I still got to do that. But if you can get, like, a Noah Syndergaard, why not go do it? Like, I'm so sick of mediocrity. Like, go do it. And, again, the Vikings knew we have to get a quarterback. They went and got Kirk Cousins. He was the biggest name at the time. And so why not make another splash? I mean, you did get Carlos Correa, and he did enough early on with the Bash brothers, but you you got to go get a big arm. You got to get somebody you know can win you games. 
Um, when you look at Syndergaard, he only signed a one-year deal, $21 million with the Angels last season. So, I mean, he has a 3.83 ERA. Uh, you know, the velocity's not there anymore, they're saying, but he could be solid for any staff. Why not go get it? Why not go get him? Like, I, I don't see why you don't do it. Like, it's a name. We know the name. Um, like, I always said that with Verlander way back when because I'm a, I'm a Tigers fan. So, or I grew up, with, you know, with the Tigers. And I love Verlander. I wish the Twins had done that. Verlander went and won him a, a, a ring. But, hey, that, that's what I think. I don't know if they'll do it, but I think they should. You know what Syndergaard's nickname is, Ron? You're a big Avengers guy. Thor. Was it Thor? They call him ah. Thor with the long yeah, hair. You would you would there love this guy. I'd be all I don't think all he has like that. Thor's body though, but yeah, I get the hair. Uh, speaking of hair, Jared Allen is going into the Vikings Ring of Honor. The mullet himself. He spoke to reporters on Saturday after they announced that he would be inducted on October 30th. Uh, Jared Allen, of course, played about half of his career with the Chiefs, half with the Vikings. All told, Ron, 136 career sacks. So the Ring of Honor comes first, but will the Hall of Fame come knocking for Jared Allen down the road? Um, so you look at the all-time sack leaders, and you look at the numbers and where they're at. You know, you got um, Bruce Smith, which was ridiculous when you look at this. I never looked at this list. Um, it, it, sorry, it's been a while. Um, you got Reggie White at 198. You got Deacon Jones at 173. Kevin Green for the Steelers, my guy, 160. You got Julius Peppers, which, man, he's a pro. He's a Hall of Famer. Julius Peppers has to be, I mean, 159. Pep's got to go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, yeah. You got Jack Youngblood. Say what? I thought you were about yeah, to say. Yeah, I agree. I agree, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like he should, I mean, he's got to go at some point. Uh, Jack Youngblood, 151. Chris Dolman, our guy, 150. Alan Page, our guy, 148. And so when you think about that with uh, Jared Allen, where where does he fall? 136. So when you say those names alone, I mean, those are just, those are Hall of Fame names. And again, I'm, I'm still blown away by Julius Peppers. I did not realize that. Uh, you also have Lawrence Taylor, Hall of Fame, 142. You got Michael Strahan, 141, Hall of Fame. So at 136, yes, <laughs> yes, he, he's going into the Hall of Fame. Like if he doesn't, it's a travesty. If Julius Peppers doesn't go, it's a travesty. Uh, my question is, I know there is a bottleneck. It, it, you know, with these things and like, it's like, how, who do we bring in? Do we get the younger guy first? Like, I know there was when Calvin Johnson's name came up first time, you know, first time on the ballot, same with Ed Reed, Ed Reed, like he has to go in there. Like, it, I know there's some names like that where you're like, look, we got to throw this guy in. So yeah, I think Jared Allen gets in. I, I think, you know, you know, he's probably that because Pep is, I think eligible as well. Cause he was right there with Ed Reed. He was like one of the last of our, our draft class. Cause Pep and I, uh, we're in the same, like, we, you know, I got a picture of them with the top 32 most marketable rookies uh, when they flew us out to L.A. And, um, yeah, I, I think he is coming up on eligibility or he might be eligible because he did play for a while. He did hold on. Him and Ed Reed both held on. So he's got to be right there. Um, but, yeah, Jared Allen, I mean, the, everything he's done, he deserved to be in the Vikings Ring of Honor. But, yeah, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as well. So it's coming. Yeah. When you look at the body of work for, say, a wide receiver, you kind of count up, well, how many 1,000-yard seasons did they have? And you go down the list. Right. Jared Allen, eight seasons where he had 10 or more sacks. And one of the seasons, Ron, he had 22. I mean, all the greats kind of yeah, have that, that signature yeah. season. 22 sacks, a Vikings record, not far off the NFL record. Um, I think he makes it. What is and it, I think 22 his, and a half? 
Yeah, I think he's missed it by a half, and I think that his personality Which we know and that was sort fake. of his legacy. Yeah, that's yeah, far fell down. Um, Brett, I think that, that he'll get in. Ass. I think the voters will will support him. Who wants the record that way? Like, come on now. Like Adrian Peterson beating Jamal Lewis by one yard. Like you don't want it that way. Give me three hundred and fifty. Like, come on, one yard, half a sack. That that that's an asterisk. Jared Allen has the record. That twenty-two and a half. That's an asterisk. Like, he just laid down and gave it to him. But hey, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson show today. This is Locked On Sports Minnesota. That's Sam Ekstrom. We got Matt back there in the booth working all the tools. We want to thank you guys for continuing to download, subscribe, listen, like, share, take us wherever, wherever you get your podcast. Please download and take us with you. And for those that continue to watch on YouTube, thank you and have a great day.